parental and pastoral oversight and involvement in courting. It'll strengthen relationships, resulting in blessing protection for the courting couple. Hello, and welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan, and is led by Pastor Daniel White. Pastor White has been serving as the senior pastor since its founding in 1998. We hope the message today will be a help and encouragement as you seek to become more like Jesus Christ in your everyday life. This and many other messages by Pastor White can be downloaded for free. Just visit our website at www. FBCClarkLake.org or visit us on iTunes where our weekly podcasts can be downloaded for free. Now let us take our Bibles and join Pastor White as he continues to teach us God's truths today. Marriage is till death do us part. It's between a man and a woman alone. So though marriage has become twisted and perverted in the world's eyes, God hasn't changed his standard for marriage. Now, if marriage is a lifelong commitment to your husband or to your wife, you better make sure you make the right decision the first time around. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I'll read verse 1 through verse 8, and then we'll deal with the subject of biblical courtship. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and, and to please God, there's a certain way that you live your life that pleases God. And that means that there's a certain way you can live your life that doesn't please God. Amen? Amen? So ye would abound more and more. Abound more and more in doing what? Bringing pleasure to God. For ye know what commandment we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you'd be set apart from the world and worldly philosophy that ye should abstain from fornication, sexual immorality that's so pervasive today and pretty much accepted. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel. We know it's referring to your, your own body. To possess your vessel or your body in sanctification and honor. Honor to God. It belongs to God. Not in the lust of concupiscence, a strong sexual desire even as the Gentiles which know not God. That no man go beyond and defraud. We'll talk about defrauding here a little bit later. Defraud his brother in any matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such. You defraud, God will judge. You got that? You defraud, God will judge. So if you want to avoid the judgment of God, don't defraud one another. And there's many ways that... We can do that, and we'll address that tonight. For God, verse 7, hath not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. We ought to have holiness in our relationships. He, therefore, that despiseth, despiseth not man. It's not you're despising Pastor White tonight, but you're despising who? You're despising God and what God says about this issue. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not men. He's not despising the preacher. He's not despising his parents. He's despising God who hath given unto us his Holy Spirit. Isaac, pray for us.
Amen. Do you love the Lord here? Nice, amen. amen. You know what? If you love the Lord, the clearest evidence of your love for Christ is your obedience to His commandments. If you love me, what? Keep my commandments. So does God have some commandments that apply to our relationships with each other and for seeking out of a life's partner? The Bible said, He that findeth a wife findeth a what? Good thing and attaineth favor from the Lord. Now let's go back and look at this fine couple right here. Aren't they just uh, attractive, uh, up-to-date, right there, living? Uh, yeah, right. I thought you'd like that. So what we're going to do is we're going to contrast courtship over here on the left-hand side with dating over here on the right-hand side. Now, someone said, well, Pastor, I don't see the word courtship in the Bible. You're just making up the rules. I'm not making up rules. And you're right, courtship is not in the Bible, and the word dating is not in the Bible. But we use those two words to differentiate between the way God would have it to be and the way the world does it. The way God would have it to be, we're going to talk about that as being courtship. That's how they used to do it years ago. They used to court. All right? You had the courting parlor and overseed by mom and dad and everything like that. So uh, we'll use that to uh, explain the way God would have us to find our life's part. And then dating, of course, would be the way that the world does it. Most people believe that dating, they don't even use the word courtship anymore, but they believe dating is a necessary part of growing up and finding a mate. It's just accepted. Even our Bible, even our fundamental Bible colleges push dating. There's something wrong here. Because the way the world does it doesn't work very well. The world's philosophy of dating, it is, it's totally contrary to the biblical philosophy of courtship. And the Bible said in Colossians 2.8, do not be spoiled with the philosophies of this world. Over half of all marriages are ending in divorce. You've heard me say this recently, that actually the divorce rate is going down. But the reason the divorce rate is going down isn't really because there's less divorces. It's because people aren't getting married. They're just, we used to call it shacking up. They're just living an immoral lifestyle, and they're just shacking up and moving from one partner to another partner without the benefits of marriage. So we still have over half, it wasn't about two-thirds, we now have about half of all marriages that are ending in divorce. So obviously, the dating philosophy doesn't work well. So how does the world's practice of dating violate biblical principles? Well, first of all, the Bible says, love not the what? I'm here to tell you, there are a lot of Christians in love with the world, and there are some Christians right here tonight that are in love, not with Jesus, but you are in love with this world. And I want to tell you something, the world's going to use you and abuse you and leave you broken. That's how they're going to reward you for the love that you have for them. Love not the world. There's this tremendous pressure on young people to be normal. Well, if you're not playing the dating game, then you're just not what? You're just not normal. And so there's a tremendous pressure. That's why we have done everything possible, seriously, in our youth group to squelch that whole dating mindset and, and pairing up. Now, does it happen? Yes, it happens. 
And I want to tell you something. I'm glad that boys are attracted to girls and girls are attracted to boys. It's the way it's supposed to be. But you've got to control those attractions. All right? They've got to be brought under the filling of the Holy Spirit. So, young people, listen to me. Don't give in to that pressure to be normal. I have to have a boyfriend. I have to have a girlfriend. Because normal is worldly and carnal. That's what normal is. All right? Listen, I don't want to have a normal church. Amen? Amen. I want to have a spiritually minded church. I don't want to have a normal youth group. I want to have a spiritually minded youth group. That's what I want to have as a pastor. So normal also coincides with uh, being sensual, being romantically attached to someone of the opposite sex that you're not married to. So much of that is a part of the dating relationship. And then there's these repeated romantic attachments. Breaking up, going steady, breaking up, going out, breaking up. You know, it's the game. Let me tell you something. It's a hurtful, painful, heart-wrenching game. And Satan loves it. Loves it. I think this picture right here speaks volumes. Let me say something to you, young people. This is not a way that young ladies ought to be looking at young men, or young men ought to be looking at young ladies. The Bible says, He that is unmarried should care for the things of the Lord, how he or she may please the Lord. That's where your focus as a single needs to be. So let's look at some of the uh, characteristics of dating. Proverbs chapter 2, chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, Solomon deals with the strange woman. And let me add to this. A strange woman ought to be anyone who's not your wife. There ought to be an estrangement. There ought to be a, a wall between you and someone of the opposite sex. But here's some of the characteristics that we find of dating is the pursuing. You're pursuing that person to try to... Uh, capture their affection. And you know, often when the pursuing takes place, you're trying to be someone who you really aren't. Yes or no? Yeah, you're trying to impress. Then there's the wooing. There's wanting to spend time alone. The group's over here, but you're always gravitating over here into the corner, uh, talking to that person that you're interested. There's the romance. There's the intimacy. There's the physical uh, involvement that goes along with the dating, the kissing and the holding hands and the progression that goes along with that that winds up in the area of sexual immorality or fornication. Then once sexual immorality is committed, then there's guilt. That's why you have the breaking up and once they break up, then they get back together again and it's, it's, the, it's the physical attachment that's keeping them together. So there's the breaking up, there's the getting hurt, there's the bondage, the sexual bondage that is involved in it. And then there's anger. There's bitterness. I'm telling you, all this is a part of dating. And God doesn't want that. <laughs> he doesn't want this. Each one of these things results in, in personal suffering and hurt. There's the emotional scars. When the relationship is over and it's all broken up and you look back, there's all these scars now that you have. 
There's the damaged testimony. Can I tell you something? It's hard to reclaim a damaged testimony. And then there's conflicts that, and I know young people, they're, they're, they blow me off at this one. But I'm telling you, if these things are a part of your dating relationship and you get married, you're going to have conflicts and distrust in your marriage as a result of worldly dating. Whatsoever a man soweth, that what? Shall he also reap. He'll reap it at a later season in which it is sowed. Now remember the word defrauding, defraud not one another. Well, as a matter of fact, let's, let's, take the, let's take our Bible and look at this passage of Scripture. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 9. I wasn't going to take time to read that, but I'm going to. Beginning in verse 13. Once you're all there, give me an amen. amen. That sounds pretty good. Proverbs chapter 9, verse uh, 13. A foolish woman is clamorous, or she uh, clamorous, she's boisterous, she's loud. She is simple. You know what the word simple means? Stupid, thank you. It means stupid. Are there some stupid young women? Are there some stupid young men? Yeah, here's their stupidity right here. A foolish woman, a clamorous, she is simple and knoweth nothing. She thinks she knows, but she doesn't know. For she sitteth at the door of her house on a street, on a seat in the high places of the city, to call passengers who go right on their ways. What's she doing? She's trying to seduce them. Look at what it says in verse 16. Who is simple? Who is naive and stupid? Let him turn hither. And as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, watch this, stolen waters are what? Stolen. It's the word defraud. All right, stop and think about that. I'll read this and uh, rest of this in just a moment. All right, let's take this young man right here. Now put your shoes on, okay? Sometimes you get too comfortable in church, right? All right. Do you want to get married someday? Just say yes. Okay. All right. Do you want your wife to be kissing another man? Really? Do you want your wife to be holding hands with another man? No. Do you want your wife in the back seat of a car all alone, parking somewhere with another man? No. Because you want her all to yourself, right? Say yes. Say yes. <laughs> You're not too sure about that, are you? It's, uh, so, do you know who your wife is going to be? No, yeah, okay. Good. <laughs> Mom says, Phew. Mom's getting a lot of insight here tonight, aren't you? Okay. All right. But, but, but listen, if she's going to be your wife, you don't know who she is, right? But if she's going to be your wife someday, you don't want her kissing on another guy right now, do you? You don't want her holding hands with another guy right now, do you? No, because someday she's going to be whose? Yeah, she's going to be yours. <laughs> All right. Do you get the point? Don't defraud. Defraud means to rob or to cheat, to steal, to take that which is not yours. 
But she says, the immoral woman, the strange woman says, stolen waters are sweet and bread eaten in what? No one's going to know, really. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant. It's talking about an immoral act here. But he knoweth not, let's finish the verse, but he knoweth not that the dead are what? You want to be destroyed? You go into a woman like this. But he knoweth not that the dead are there and that her gates are in the depths of what? I guess you could say from that verse, you want to go to hell, get mixed up with an immoral woman. How do we defraud? How do we rob, cheat, steal, take that which doesn't belong to us? And by the way, let me say something, young men. She doesn't belong to you until you stand before that altar and you're pronounced husband and wife. Until the preacher says, I now pronounce you husband and wife. She doesn't belong to you. So there's the mental lust that goes along with defrauding. Whosoever looketh at a woman to lust after her, what? Committeth adultery already with her. So you've got to cast down those imaginations. There's the flirting. I'm going to tell you something. It disgusts me when I see a young lady flirting. I completely lose my respect for her, first of all. And it just sickens me to see her act that way. And if you're a godly young man, it ought to sicken you too. She's the kind of girl you want to run away from. But flirting, why do they flirt? To, to get attraction and attention for themselves. Do you know the Bible says you can flirt with your words? Her words drip like honeycomb. The last time I know a drip of honey, you know what it attracts? Flies and ants. Her dress. How many, 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 many times over the years have I preached about dress? Well, where is that in the Bible? There you go, Pastor. Make it up your own rules again. I want to tell you something. The first person to design a set of clothes was God himself. When God designed the first set of clothes for Adam and Eve, he designed it with modesty in mind. The Bible describes the clothing as a tunic. The tunic had sleeves, and it was from the knee to the ankle in length. That's why, and, and our teachers still violate this. That's why I tell our Sunday school teachers, if you're going to teach Sunday school, if you're going to be a helper, if you're going to be in the nursery, then, ladies, you need to wear a dress to your knees or longer. If you're going to sing in the choir, to your knees or longer. How many times have you heard me say that? And yet we have teachers come into the church, we have helpers come into the church, we have nursery workers come into the church. Ethan has to keep an eye on the length of the dress. It's wrong! We need to have a standard of modesty. And so we've set that standard. Dads, you need to set a standard of modesty in your family. Take the headship of your family back. If you're a single mom, take it. 
Don't let your sons and daughters dress immodestly. The short dresses and the sash saying around, however you say it. It's all an attempt to draw attraction to themselves. So we can flirt with our words, we can flirt with our dress, we can flirt with our eyes. Bible tells how she takes a man with her eyelids. I'm going to try that one. And then there's the body language. Bumping up against a young man, bumping up against a young woman. I know some of you right now are saying, Preacher, you are so old-fashioned. Hallelujah, I'm as old-fashioned as the Bible. You guys know I love you and I care about you. I want God's very best for you. There is sensuality that's manifested just in the way a person carries themselves. The way they talk, the way they dress, the way they look with their eyes, their body language, touching. Listen, the Bible said it's good for a man not to what? Touch a woman. Keep your hands off the girls. Hello? Keep your hands off the girls. I mean, how much more simpler can we get that? Kissing. The Bible talks about how the strained woman catches him and kisses him. Ladies, listen to me. We often really criticize David for his lustful look at Bathsheba. But I'm going to tell you something. Bathsheba had no right to be up there on the place where she could be seen by anyone. She was not what the Bible calls discreet. Young women, you need to be discreet. Young men, you need to be discreet. So how do you determine the will of God as it applies to the area of courtship? First of all, as I've mentioned, the focus of every young person ought to be on serving the Lord. Remember one time when I taught this in the Philippines, I said, just go to sleep. Seriously. God put Adam to sleep. He woke up and there was his life partner. Or the word woman comes from, he woke up and said, wow, woman. I'm kidding. This is what I say. Listen, young people, just go to sleep, focus on serving the Lord, and when the time is right, God will have that one. He'll bring that person into your life. When God begins to stir an interest in your heart towards a young man or a young woman, and I'm talking about pure motives. I'm not talking about impure motives then you should look for character. The Bible says beauty is what? Beauty is vain. You may think she is the most beautiful thing in all the world. Wait till you wake up on your honeymoon morning. And you turn over and you look and you go, 
is that, seriously, is that what I married? And if you don't believe me, you should go on the girls' camping trip and watch them when they come out of their tents. <laughs> Last year, one girl came out of the tent. And I, Who is that? I had to take a double take just to, is that really who went in that tent? So look for, look for character. Are they spiritually minded or are they carnally minded? Next one is hold fast to your calling. How many young men have been taken out of the ministry, had to focus on the ministry, but have been taken... I mean, I could go back to my college days and tell you how many guys were headed to the mission field, were headed into the ministry, they got tangled up with the girl and gone. Hold fast to your calling. If you know what God has called you to do, then obviously he's not going to hook you up with someone else that doesn't have that same passion. The calling of God is without repentance. God doesn't change his mind. Now you all love this one, right, young people? Receive counsel. Do you appreciate Andrew's testimony Sunday night? What did he say? He said, my parents counseled me, and my pastor counseled me, her, her family counseled me. I received counsel uh, from the college, but I didn't listen. And now Andrew is a single dad. And our heart aches for our brother. Get counsel. And then stay under authority. Obey and honor your parents. Get your parents involved in this whole thing. Don't bypass your parents. Also, submit to the authority of your pastor. Get your pastor involved in your courting. Come and ask his counsel. Ask his advice. Say, Pastor, would, would you approve of this? Let Pastor then go and talk to the parents and let them work this whole thing out. Listen, we want to be blessed. We want blessing. And to get blessing, you have to stay under the authority and you have to do it right. The Bible said rebellion is as the sin of what? Witchcraft. Satan, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Say, now he's not going to get me. Oh, yes, he will. Sorry, it's off the board there. But uh, parental and pastoral oversight and involvement in courting, it'll strengthen relationships, resulting in blessing protection for the courting couple. All right? So, listen, you want to have all parties involved and all parties rejoicing and all parties overseeing this thing. That's what you want. Number four, and this is hard to do, get your heart in a condition that it has no will of its own. Lord, I'm developing an attraction for this young man, attraction for this young lady, but you've got to get your heart to God. It's up to you. I'm going to give that to you. I'm putting it on the altar. What did Jesus say? Not my will, but can our will often run contrary to God's will? Absolutely. Then there's a desire uh, to do only the will of God. Jesus said, I, don't do, I, I do always those things which please my Father. So this, I'm going to desire to do only what God's will is in this relationship. Number six is you seek God through His Word. You get into the Bible. Now, 
besides receiving Christ, would you not agree this is the most important decision in life? So you don't want to mess it up by putting your will ahead of God's will. And it happens all the time, probably the majority of the time. So seek God through his word. Pray for discernment. I dare say that some of you right now that have an attraction to someone or you're kind of courting, dating, kind of, whatever, probably haven't even done this. Now, I'm not trying to be Mr. Hardnose, But I am telling you, if you want God's blessing upon this thing, do it God's way. can't tell you how many people over the years have told me, well, you know what? I asked for God to give me a sign, and it was amazing some of the situations that God brought people together, but it wasn't the will of God. So that tells me it wasn't God that did it. Who was it? Can I tell you something? Satan can arrange some incredible things to get you out of the will of God. Actually, the Bible says, a crooked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. So don't throw that thing up there. Well, well God, you give me a, you give me a sign. I, I have an attraction for it. If it's your will, I'm going to walk outside, and it's going to be raining. And you walk outside, and a clap of thunder takes place, and it starts to rain, and you go, that's it! She's the one! Stupid. Keep your heart pure. Right? If you want God to lead and guide and direct your life, have a clean hand and a pure heart. Be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. If you're spirit-filled, the Holy Spirit will put a caution there. How many of you here have ever had, you haven't been able to nail it down, but you just have this caution about something? You just know, come on, you just, eh, just something's not quite right. Just back up until you're given a freedom by the Holy Spirit in that area. Number 10, wait for the Lord's timing. We always like to rush things, don't we? And then someone's bound to say, but I'm 34 years old. I'm not rushing it. Listen, if God intends you to get married when you're 36 and you're pushing it at 34, you're rushing it. Right? Remember, a day is with the Lord as a... Isn't that encouraging? A day is with the Lord. It's a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. I think it's also good to have a biblical checklist. If you're getting an attraction toward a young man or a young lady, uh, have, a, have a checklist here. Would he make a good husband for me? Well, what would make a good husband? How does he respond to authority? What are his goals? Is he working towards those goals? Who are his friends? That's a big one. Who are his friends? What does he talk about? Is he financially responsible? What type of entertainment does he enjoy? Hmm. How does he demonstrate his love for the Lord? Is he faithful to church? Does he listen to the messages? Is he growing spiritually? Does he serve the Lord through his local church? Is he industrious or a hard worker? Does he have a good testimony? Does he have good manners? Is he considerate of others? Is he disposed to anger? Does he try to involve you in sexual misconduct? 
Is he physically or verbally abusive? What kind of relationship does he have with his parents? Does he use alcohol or drugs to have a good time? Is he jealous and self-centered? Is he a hypocrite? Don't you think that's a pretty good checklist? When we get caught up in the dating game and we become infatuated and we think we're in love, it blinds us to all of these things. And especially when the physical then the physical involvement gets in there. All right. Let's get a checklist here for the guys. How does she show submissiveness to her family and to her church? How does she treat her family? What kind of relationship uh, does she have with her father? Think that's pretty important? Why is that important? Because basically, the kind of relationship a young man has with his mother would be the kind of relationship he's going to have with his wife. A young lady has with her father is the kind of relationship she's going to have with her husband. What does she talk about? Is she materialistic? You don't want to marry a materialistic woman. She'll bankrupt you. She consumed with outward appearance and fashion. You know, one thing, and I do this very seldom. Sometimes I wish the older women of the church would be more active in training and disciplining and, uh, and instructing our younger women. Okay? But um, even Ben has brought it to my attention that even within the youth group, we have some girls that are, are wearing pants that are so tight. He said, Dad, you can see everything. Necklines that are low, sleeveless shirts. And I remember going to a young lady one time. I was talking to her about some other things. And I said, you know, I just I want to take this opportunity to talk to you about your dress. Talk to her about the dresses that she wore that were just way too short. Her tight, tight. Actually, I asked her, I said, how do you even get into those things? They're like they're painted on. Seriously, I... I can't think of how uncomfortable that must be. And then I asked this young lady this question. I said, would you want Mrs. White to dress like that? No. I said, would you want your mama to dress like that? No. No. I said, so do you think you should dress like that? She said, no. But she never changed her dress. That's why we say loose-fitting clothing that does not draw attention to the body. Now, doesn't that just make sense, church? Doesn't it? Oh, by the way, let's go back to this one. Young men, if you have an attraction to a girl like this, woe is you. You are looking at the wrong thing. 
What type of entertainment does she enjoy? We're crazy into entertainment, aren't we? Even the Christian, we're crazy into entertainment. If I could preach a whole message on every one of these, how does she demonstrate her love for the Lord? Is she faithful to church? Does she listen to the messages? Is she growing spiritually? Is she industrious, a hard worker? The virtuous woman was. Is she financially responsible? Does she have a good testimony? Is she morally pure? Does she dress modestly? Is she considerate of others? Is she contentious? Is she verbally and physically abusive? Is she an angry person? Does she use alcohol and drugs to have a good time? What kind of entertainment does she enjoy? Is she jealous and self-centered? Is this the right person for me? You better take him through the checklist. Talk to mom and dad about it. Get the preacher's perspective. And pray, 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 and pray. The Bible says, this is a verse my wife and I chose for our wedding. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Are you compatible? What about your talents, the abilities that the Lord has given you? Do they work well together? What about your personalities? What about, you know there's some personalities that just don't go together? Like a prophet and a mercy. Oh, God help us. How about interest? What is she interested in? What am I interested in? Backgrounds. Coming from completely different backgrounds can cause a lot of problems in a marriage. Now, I'm not saying some of these things can't be worked through if it's the will of God, but these certainly are stumbling blocks. Her upbringing, his upbringing, her family, his family. Let's go back to this. You know what? One person's raised one way, one person's raised another way, trying to blend that. Another huge one is what do you, what do you believe biblically? Your doctrinal beliefs. Are you on the same page there? How about your philosophy of life? By the way, the young people in uh, our Christian school know what philosophy is. What is it? Remember pastor teaching Fridays? Okay. What is it, Billy? What you believe that affects how you behave or how you live your life. Standards. Are your standards the same? Are your convictions the same? How about spiritual gifts? We talked about the prophet and the mercy. Only thing worse than a prophet and mercy are two prophets. They'll kill each other. <laughs> but then most important, and that's why I highlight it, is the call of God. I think every young person, before they enter into a courting relationship, ought to determine, God, what, 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 do you, what would you have me to do with my life? Well, I'll figure that out later. That's No, figure that out first. So let's look at some of the basis of biblical courtship here. I've had a few young men come to me, which I really appreciate, to talk to me about a young lady that they're interested in. The first question I ask them, are you old enough? Now, if you're 13 years old, you're not old enough. Okay, can I just say that right now? 13's out. 
but you have to be old enough. There are some who are old enough, but they're not mature enough. I know some 30-year-old guys, 30 going on 13. Hmm? Video games, potato chips, and Mountain Dew. It's what they live for. That kind of guy is not ready for marriage. <laughs> Old enough, mature enough, spiritually minded enough. You should be shouting amen through this. Come on. Under authority. Old enough, mature enough, spiritually minded enough, under authority. Mm. Financially stable. See, why do you say that? Because the Bible said, if any provide not for his own household, he hath denied what? I've had young couples coming. You know what, Pastor? I really believe that two of us can live cheaper than one. That's beyond stupidity. That's insanity. We've crunched the numbers. The Bible says, Prepare thy work without, and make it fit for thyself in the field, and afterwards, what? Build thy house. What's he saying? Get financially stable. Get that under your belt. And then, start thinking about marriage. You know what? That pretty much knocks out 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. I'm, I'm telling you, we're rushing this thing. We're rushing this thing. I, I think if any father allows his daughter to date a young man who's not financially stable, he's, he's a fool. By the way, that's a good motivation for him to go out and work. Want, you, want, you want my daughter? Get a car. Huh? Get a car, get a job, you know, get enough money, have a good down payment on a house. McDonald's, uh-uh. Not happening. There's something wrong with that picture? Get it right. When a couple pairs off in a courting relationship, they both know that the purpose of that relationship is to consider marriage. It's serious, right? When a couple pair off in a dating relationship, it's just it's just for the purpose of romantic attachment. Though marriage, you know, may be out there somewhere in the far distant future, they're not considering it for the present. And so you, you know what it is? It's just getting together to enjoy each other's company, and that's called the flesh. Dating is nothing more than self-gratification. 
period. You're getting this gratification from this attention that you're getting from this young man and this young lady. Neither one of you are ready for marriage. If you're not ready for marriage, stop it. Get ready. Then consider. Self-gratification. Is there some worms in the apple? Yeah, Satan made it look really good, didn't he? And she gave it to her husband, and what? He did eat. Looks really good, huh? Pastor, that's not going to happen to me. If you buy into the world's philosophy of dating and you go down that road, don't be surprised. So how can I keep my mind off of sex? How can I do that? You know there's a way to do that? There's five powerful temptations that have to be resisted. Resist the what? Resist the devil and he will? Yeah, you don't have to give in to those temptations. First of all, examine your friendships. Hello? If you've got friends that are encouraging in that direction, they're not your friends. You should have a friend that would say, hey, stop. I saw you looking. Stop that. You're not old enough, mature enough, wise enough, spiritual enough. Can't afford it. What are you thinking? Because you need a friend to tell you that. When he starts getting boo-goo eyes, slap him too. Because he's not even halfway there yet. So examine your friendships. Good friendships are going to encourage each other. David and Jonathan, they encourage themselves in the Lord. Iron sharpens iron. Be careful about your friendships. Shun immoral entertainment. Listen, you cannot feed on immoral music. Hello. All these movies that now you can just get on your phone. I'm working on a message right now. I'm working on it. And uh, the message I'm going to be preaching here whenever the Lord gives me the freedom is the danger of social media. Huge dangers. Huge! Huge! But we've never had more access to immoral entertainment. Listen, you feed your mind on that kind of junk, it garbage in what? Garbage out as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Then you've got to control your thoughts, bringing every thought into the captivity of Christ, done through your meditation and memorization of Scripture. There is a way. Reject the worldly philosophy. Don't play the dating game. How many of you remember the dating game? Seriously, you remember that? Gilbert smiling from ear to ear. That was his favorite show. <laughs> there wasn't very many of you who remembered that game. 
See, I'm not playing the dating game. And avoid physical contact. Um, the six-inch rule, that's a pretty good rule. You know? Uh, let me see. No, that's too close. There, that's good. That's better, right? Right, okay, glad you agree. We'll hold you to that someday. Avoid physical contact. Listen, what an awesome thing it is. And I've married a few that stood there at the altar and the very first time they held hands and the very first time they kissed was right there before all of us witnesses. I'll tell you something, that's special. That takes a godly man and woman to get to the altar and to do that. So avoid physical contact. Holding hands, that, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. The Bible said, watch and pray this. You enter in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is? Yeah. Your spirit may be willing. You might want to do the right thing, but... Eh. If you're in the right situation, all alone, and your mind's on the wrong thing, we're all weak, aren't we? Aren't we? Okay. Applying biblical teaching to the area of dating and courtship. I'm going to ask you to make these commitments tonight. These are hard commitments. They're not easy to make. A lot of you are just not going to do it. I hope that I hope that someday we're not picking up broken pieces. But I reject the worldly philosophy of dating. I purpose not to defile myself. I'm going to keep myself pure until marriage. I will guard my heart with all diligence, keeping it for the one God has for me. Right? Right? Okay. I'm committed to serving the Lord. That's where my focus is going to be right now in my life. Hallelujah, here it comes. We had a visitor. Matter of fact, my wife and I are going out to dinner with them tomorrow night. They've moved into the area from Ohio. They really like our church. I don't know why, but they like our church. And uh, their former pastor, his name was Pastor White. We're going out with them tomorrow night. But uh, she walked out and she shook my hand. She said, that was a good message, but you don't like social media, do you? I said, no. She goes, just want you to know we found you on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> Well, I will, I will avoid online dating. should just be out. Online dating, these chat rooms, the emailing, the Facebook, the cell phones, the texting. I've had parents come to me and say, Pastor, I can't take my cell phone away from my son or daughter. Really? Let me show you how easy it is. It's mine now. Right? It's how easy it is. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I will seek God's will for my life. I will surrender my, my right to choose my life's partner to God. Don't you think he can make a better choice than we can? I'll receive the permission and blessing of my parents before courting. 
I'll reserve courting for when I am, let's say it, ready? Old enough, mature enough, spiritually enough, financially stable enough to provide for a family. I will build godly standards into my courting relationship. I will not encourage others to date. Young people, look, that's what I want for this church. As your pastor, that's what I want for this church. And hasn't it been a wonderful thing to see God bring couples together in our church? And the wonderful marriages that they have and the children that have been born, it's been a blessing. Biblical courtship. Would you choose it? I trust that you will. Thank you for listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you've missed any messages or would like to hear this one again, just visit our website at www.fbcclarklake.org or visit us on iTunes where you can subscribe for free to our weekly podcast. If this or any other message has been an encouragement to you, we would love to hear about it. Just send us a note on our website. If you do not currently have a church you are attending, we would love to have you come visit us here at Fellowship Baptist. We are located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan, 49234. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, and we look forward to seeing you here again next time. Have a great day, and God bless.